Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to revisiting the classic 90s series, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm tired. I mean, Belle. <laughs> tired Belle uh, here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, bringing his A-game. The fact that he is operating on less than two hours of sleep, don't even question it. Uh, he is here. He is he is rested. No, not rested. He is not rested, but he is here, and uh, and he's gonna gonna have some fun with us because we we have got a good episode tonight this week, man. This is this is gonna be a fun one. Th- yeah, this is like '90s star-studded. Like th- this is this was the '90s boiled down to just its purest essence. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe not its best essence, but yes, definitely. It's purest essence. Any justification for the nineties can be found in this episode. Any argument against the nineties can be found in this episode. (laughs) It was, it it was the clashing of decades, really a time in which things were not quite what they needed to be. And yet they were still being formulated. And, and, and that's, that's what this episode is. And it's, it's a lot of fun and it's got a lot of great moments. And I'm, I'm looking forward to jumping into it with you, man. It's uh, it should be a good one. In fact, should we just, Go ahead and just jump right on in. Let's do it. All right, man. Let's jump into The Rundown. The Rundown. Episode 7 of Season 1, Child's Play, directed by Danny Bilson and written by Steve Hatman and Gail Morgan Hickman. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Barry shelters street orphans Terry and Corey Cohen, who have stolen the knapsack of a recently murdered journalist, Philip Sullivan. The knapsack contains Sullivan's research on a highly addictive synthetic drug known as Blue Paradise, which was developed by notorious drug designer Beauregard Lesko. Terry is nearly turned into an addict while meeting Lesko to exchange the briefcase for $1 million, but Barry saves the day, defeating Lesko and dismantling his operation before Blue Paradise can be unleashed in Central City. Meanwhile, Terry and Corey are adopted by Sullivan's widow, Joan. Dun, dun, dun. That one doesn't really end on a good dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like children are being adopted and like saved from the streets. It's not yeah. very, it's not very, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't really have the same effect. No, it was just, with, but Joan's husband died. Dun, dun, dun. He blew up in a car. It's like the 30th car yeah. that's blown up. They don't have a budget on this show anymore. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah, and they like you know crashed a, a, a couple cars and <laughs> dun, dun, dun. yeah, yeah. <laughs> cars cars are just cars are just a dime a dozen on this show. Yeah, they they definitely burned through them quite literally. But uh, yeah, yeah, man. Um, no, this this was a this was a very this was an episode, man. There's a lot there's a lot that happened, and it was a lot of fun, kind of like after school special thing going on with this entire episode. A lot of, you know, very convenient relationships. You know, obviously, Barry has this long-term relationship with Joan, who we've never met before. Uh, and, 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 so and, yeah. and Tina. Tina was also a... Uh, uh a longtime friend of hers, right? Exactly. Both of, and isn't it interesting? They're both longtime friends of hers, and yet they had never met each other, which was kind of interesting. I thought, um, but no, no, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kidding here. This, this, uh, you know, great, great characters, new characters to be introduced, and, um, and I, th- I think it, uh, I think it worked for what it, what it was supposed to do. I, I need to ask you about something because there's, there's, there's a lot about this episode that's great, and I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with it. But one of the things that becomes more and more just odd to me. Like it's not bad. It, it it's it's not good, but it's it's just odd. And that is the fact that we get these very comic booky, over the top characters, villains that are not comic book characters. <laughs> I, like, I'm telling you, dude. 
they're 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 easing us in to the comic book characters because I, I guess they felt they have to. I I I guess I mean so you say ease, but I mean like there was nothing quote unquote easy about this particular <laughs> like first of all the name Beauregard Lesko Beauregard Lesko. Now there is nobody on the planet Earth who has ever been named Beauregard Lesko. That is not anybody's name. And if there if, it, if that is your name, call me. Like what? What? what, do you, what? No, you don't exist. I'm sorry. In fact, in fact, that's, if that's your name, I'm sorry, but you don't exist because that's not a real name. That's a comic book name that sounds like a comic book name. I mean, and Beauregard's a real name. I mean, yeah, no, Beauregard is, but Beauregard Lesko, come on. Um, let's see. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if Google has any. any okay, any all right. So you are gonna now you're gonna look this person up on Facebook, aren't you? Yeah, I'm gonna find. Um, I'm gonna find this. All right. So while you are looking for someone that does not exist. Uh, I will just say it is it just is interesting to me because these characters are very over the top. I do appreciate the idea of maybe easing audiences into comic book characters, but I kind of feel like you should just kind of jump directly into it. If you're going to go with, you know, kind of a wacky kind of odd, you know, uh, uh, extreme 90s hippie that has magical blue drug dust. I mean, like, just go with Scarecrow, right? Like, like we can we can figure out some other way to to do this. <laughs> Did you find a so, Beauregard Lesko? No, I didn't. But for some reason, this is hilarious. One of the results is taking quotes from this very episode and translating them into Russian. No, it's not. Cyrillic and everything. Yes, it is. Wait, from the episode that I'm talking right? No, not not our podcast episode. No, 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 no. I like I, I it, it's it's um it's it Lesko is the search term. Okay, and it's basically all these sentences, all these quotes. That I can I can I can play the audio for them uh, in Russian. Let's see. That one is I think Lesko faked his underground. Okay, so you found uh, this is just proving my point. So not only does this person not exist, he barely exists in like the fiction because you can only find the Russian version of him. No, I mean like the, the first hit is is of course you know the TV maze Beauregard Lesko the Flash actual thing for him then there's like an arrow fandom thing on terry cohen and a couple more hits from that this is like the the this is the one fourth hit the fourth hit is the uh um is the the russian translation reverso russian translation yeah and and it's hilarious that it's quotes from the flash like i thought because it was lesko i think oh maybe lesko that there's that's got to be a name i I mean i mean it's one name it's not a name of a person but like that's yeah yeah so no, I, I, I'm convinced now this person doesn't exist. All right. Thank you. Th- you know what? Actually, I appreciate you walking that back and, and putting out a retraction on, on your uh, challenging me uh, on, on air, man. I can imagine that's very frustrating when somebody challenges you on a podcast and, and you like later do the research and you realize you were right and you feel justified. Yeah. You would kind of almost want that person to apologize for that and like, like really kind of vindicate you and, and, and say like, hey, man, I was... <laughs> I was, it's not that I was wrong per se, but you were certainly not wrong. And I, I feel like I put that on you and, and that was wrong of me to do. Uh, Look, that's the kind Bo, of thing you would want somebody. What? It's the circle of life. That, it's, that, it's the wheel of fortune. You know, I have, I have to make a leap of faith <laughs> here. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I uh, was right. <laughs> I was right. Okay. <laughs> Hey. The difference, the difference is, is there, there are two versions of that song, right? Uh, not like a Mandela universe type thing, but like actually two versions. There is the soundtrack version featuring the, the, the full lyrics, uh, done by, uh, Elton John. And then there's the movie version, which you hear in the actual movie. And in the soundtrack version, 
uh, it's just Elton John singing. There's no like, you know, um, um, uh, um, I guess, uh, African tribal dialect singing at the beginning of it. Yeah. It's not that it's just Elton John's lyrics. And the chorus of it is it's a circle of life. It's a wheel of fortune. It's a leap of faith. It's a something else, but it's that, that exists. It's real. And I, I am not from the shadow dimension <laughs> and <laughs> this, this, I, I, the world didn't split. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I will accept your apology and your retraction yeah. and let's just never have it happen again. Wow. Okay. You know what? If, if, if the, if the climate of the and, day was was a different climate, I would say we'd have our, our uh, the Civil War three, but we're not going to have Civil War three because that's not <laughs> funny. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we kind of kind of already had it. <clears throat> um, oh, yeah. All right. Um, so yes, yes. Uh, my apologies. Bell was of course right um, last episode with the whole circle of life and the wheel of fortune. But hey, we got a kid flash this episode, so let's talk about that. Yes, kid flash. <laughs> Kid Flash, actually, kid. I mean, kind of Kid Flash. The the, the kid in this episode, Terry, um, was played actually by uh, Jonathan Brandis, who, if you're familiar with any form of media in the 90s, he was in everything. Everything. Uh, he was he was in Sidekicks with uh, Chuck Norris. He was in um, that submarine show where they had a talking dolphin. Uh, oh. Sequest. Oh. Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Sequest. Um, uh, he, he has a very tragic story that we won't get into the, the actor. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was pretty much like in everything in the nineties. Wow. Yeah. No, and, and here, it, here he, he was today. Very familiar. Absolutely. And so, I mean, we get introduced to him and, uh, you know, he, we're, we're I, I, having not finished the series, but feeling fairly confident to say, I don't think we are going to actually get a kid flash. So I did kind of see him as a kid flash for, you know, or like a kid flash stand in being kind of that mentee to, uh, to Barry, but also kind of giving Barry those father vibes, kind of putting him in the position. We just got this episode where Barry had to kind of like, you know, deal with being the son. And so now we kind of flip that and we have Barry kind of being the father um, and and stepping into that role with this, this you know, streetwise kid and his kid sister that he's got to look out for. And, um, you know, he's out here. Uh, what does he say when he like uh, steals the guy's wallet? He calls him a chump. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, chump. Yeah, that was because that's what kids did in the 90s. It was great. Uh, but no, he did actually go fast, though. They did get like the kid went for a super speed scene with the Flash running him on a skateboard. So that I mean, like it was he's, he's kid Flash kind of. Yeah. You know, it was it was a, one of those uh, um, um, another Disney song that I'm probably going to butcher. Uh, the one with Aladdin. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, yeah, Let yeah, me show the, you. Yeah, I will I show you the world. Show you the world. Yep. That one. Yeah. What is that song called? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But that's what he did with the, the with the with the with the skateboard. Which yeah. I'm really glad it didn't like set his clothes on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or I was actually thinking that the wheels were actually going to like light up, you know, and kind of spark or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But I guess, you know, they've never done that. I mean, every single time that we've seen the special effects or the running effect on the show, which has gotten better. That's untrue. That's untrue. What? Um, when uh, uh, if, uh, not the first episode, it might. I don't I don't remember. It was early it in the, the series. First episode. It was Tina uh, was was took Barry out to that track, the the cycling track. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he does the same thing with her, but her clothes start to catch on fire. No, that's yeah, why she builds the suit. I guess what I mean suit. is, yeah, you don't get, you like, they typically don't, like, put an additional, like, special effects layer. I mean, like, you know, we get lightning, right? And, like, now with uh, Grant's uh, Barry Allen, whenever he's running, we get lightning. Yeah. Uh, we don't have that here. We don't, we don't see the speed force, so to speak. And so we just really kind of get the, the moving fast and, 
occasionally some little things. I did love that we got some new new powers or at least a new use case for Barry's powers this episode. Um, I believe this is the first time he catches bullets. He's dodged bullets before, but has he caught them before? I don't think so, or at least not in this manner, um, yeah. which I thought was cool. I, 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 I totally dug that they're, they're, you know, going deeper with the powers now. Um, mm-hmm. Again, kind of like as a setup for, hey, we're about to get really comic booky, despite all of our villains being comic booky to begin with, but not actually from the comics. Right. <laughs> well, right. Was there not like a D-level character, a drug dealer character from DC Comics they could have thrown in just, just as a name drop? Yeah. yeah. Even, even, I mean, even no, if it was completely dude. different from his comic. Steve and Gail, man, they were back there where they had like, no, Beauregard Lesko, he's going to be huge. We're going to write him in. He's going to have his own spinoff series. We got to get Lesko in there, okay? He's like a cult drug designer uh, guy, and you know he's like a hippie, but he doesn't act like a hippie. He's just on drugs. <laughs> I met him at Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, this is going to be huge. Uh, but yeah, so no, um, we, unfortunately that, that was not the case, but that's all right. But like, that's the thing we, we do get introduced to these new characters. My main thing is why don't we have these characters come back around in the future? You know, like they're comic booky enough was perhaps the idea for Beauregard Lesko and, uh, the track man and, and others that we've kind of seen in the past was perhaps there an idea that, that they would make their jump from the television screen to the comics at some point. Um, either that or TV Barry or nineties, uh, Barry is even more sinister than, um, you know, two thousands Barry and that he leaves no loose ends. Ooh, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe we saw, we, we didn't, we didn't see him off any, anybody this time around. He did toss those bullets real nice, but, um, Terry, man, Terry, I, I I'm wondering if there might've been some inspiration here. Do you think maybe he's the precursor to Terry McGinnis? Um, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'm just tossing it out there. I, it, it's a kid, like rough kid, who's needs to get on the right path, and his name is Terry, and he's got that haircut. I mean, like I don't know. I I, I got some Terry McGinnis vibes. I also got some Jason Todd vibes. <laughs> well, he wasn't beaten to death by uh by by Lesko <laughs> with a crowbar. So <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I you know, just in terms of like the kind of the punk kid, it's kind of irritating. But then the hero kind of takes him under his wing, even though he's out here, you know, stealing the hubcaps off the Batmobile. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, trying to slim Jim the Flash's car is not a not a good move. <laughs> yeah, but we, uh, of course, he is. Uh, it's it's him and his sister. So the other the other connection I I thought was like maybe it's a tornado twins thing, but you know, it's just kids. It's just kids. I'm I'm I'm, I'm reaching, man. I know I'm I'm like reaching as as far as I can. I do think it's interesting that uh, Carmen, the uh, agent who's coming to like figure out what to do with Jason and his sister is like, Hey, Barry, you're a bachelor living in a warehouse. How about you take these kids? Like what? <laughs> yeah. How does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that social worker needs to be fired. <laughs> not, 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 not thinking that one all the way through there. It doesn't seem, or there's no accountability, but you know, maybe things are tough there in central city. So it's like, all right, random, random, random dude, Random cop guy. I mean, obviously, you know, because that's the thing. Whenever we're introduced to new characters, yeah, it's, of course, it's Carmen. She has a long uh, pre-existing relationship with Barry, and we know this because we've seen this several times. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's the thing is they don't have to show us. They can just tell us, Bo. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Carmen <laughs> Carmen, and Nora and Barry all go out for brunch every every other Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it all, it's all off screen. Speaking of off screen, Julio and Sabrina's love life seems to be going well. They're going to eggs... Benedict or something something exotic something an egg restaurant where they 
cook exotic animals, apparently. <laughs> that sounds great. Good for them. <laughs> Yet another thing that will happen off screen. Good for them. <laughs> yes. We don't, even, we don't even get to see the fancy egg restaurant. I mean, come on. I am wondering, is there going to be a payoff for like Julio and Sabrina's relationship? It's so, it's always happening off screen. It's like, hey, Julio, bye, Julio. Where are you going, Julio? Oh, Sabrina. Ah, uh, things are going well with Sabrina. All right. See ya. You know, like, what, what, we ever get, get some payoff there? Like, what's going on? Are they going to get married? Is there going to be a Julio-Sabrina wedding episode where the Flash has to come and save the day? I, I think it's more of a, hey, don't forget I exist. I might have some kind of role where... I don't know, potentially I die and I want <gasps> to be fresh on your mind what? so that there's an emotional attachment there. What? You mean Sabrina or Julio? Uh, I don't know. Julio, maybe. Because that's the thing is like, okay. like you know, if, if you want. No, they're not going to kill Julio. I, I don't know. They, they, they probably won't. But it's one of those things where, you know, you, you can't just like introduce a character and then have them, you know, be off screen for, so, for a very long time and then try and kill them for emotional uh, points if you don't see them or, or, or talk about them or, or have any kind of like, you know, interactions with them. Um, and Sabrina, like this whole thing is like, oh yeah, he's, he's got this, this girlfriend and like, you know, she loves him and stuff. And so like the dialing up those more emotional points. So, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. It, it seems like Julio really in all these episodes, I thought it, I, I, I originally envisioned it was going to be more of a, um, a team, right? Where we we're going to have Tina, Julio and team yeah. and Barry, like in a team together, kind of like, you know, um, Julio's kind of running cover for him at the crime lab. He's in on it uh tina is is doing the science stuff uh and barry's out in the field you know but that's not the route they're going <laughs> so i really i really don't know why uh why julio is, is there anymore well i mean i think he it's like he's the person that represents the job right like like he uh he comes in like oh I'm at the lab we found the thing and he's like thanks julio uh go go and see what sabrina's up to now and we'll talk to you next episode for five minutes um <laughs> but you're right i think maybe part of that is we've been trained in the modern era to like anticipate the um you know the superhero team kind of coming together uh, especially with arrow and flash particularly but I'll, I'll, I'll point out another um more more modern although not not extremely modern show that i i, I got a lot of connection vibes to and that is smallville uh, in Smallville, there was an episode, there's actually two episodes where Clark had this like little kid. He was an orphan. He had powers and Clark takes him under his wing. And it was a very similar dynamic, although this was much more father and son. And that one, it was more kind of big brother, little brother, but it reminded me a lot of that episode from Smallville, um, with kind of the way that there was like, here's this cute little kid, you know? <laughs> And, and the hero takes him in. And even though the kid's not from the comics and he's not going to be a sidekick, he's just a kid. <laughs> and maybe that's kind of what the, the benefit is, right? Like, you know, for any kids that are watching the show with their dad, they're like, oh, you know, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, I guess you were dead and the flash, I got to turn out the flash. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. That's not actually that good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's, um, I don't know if that's they're going with that. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, speaking of inappropriate things, let's talk about these villains. Uh, I'm seeing a trope that occurs with these villains. Uh, you get these kind of like megalomaniac dudes with these like lovesick henchwomen. Like, I feel like we've gotten that maybe two or three times at this point. Yeah. Um, that seems to be a trend that they're going with. Um, and they all have big hair. Well, I mean, it's the nineties. Well, it's the, it's the eighties, nineties. It's the early nineties, which may as well have just have been the eighties. With like more right. vibrant but colors. But see, that's the thing about this. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Of the I got. I don't want to call it a problem per se, but that is kind of the the, the situation with this era. You have the the clash of the eighties and nineties, and you get a lot of weird stuff. For example, like all of these people are hippies, right? Like we're they're all coded as hippies, but none of them act like hippies. 
No, not at all. You know what I mean? They all act like like punk rockers. But they're they're supposed to be like this weird hybrid between punk rockers and hippies. And it just seems like was that a thing in the early nineties? They're they're hippie punks. It's weird. Yeah. I don't I, I don't think so. I mean I, I It's like composite hippies. Yeah. It, it was like they, they, they took a street gang and like put a uh, a coat of hippie paint on it and tried to pass it off as hippies. Like I, I get I get right. the whole I get the whole right. like uh you know, let's let's hang out in our little hideout and do drugs all day kind of thing and like peace love and in the in the van and all that kind of stuff, but like blowing up people's cars, that's not that's not hippie behavior. That's not very hippie. Yeah. No, not at all. So that was I thought that was a little little interesting that that, that was the case. Uh the the lovesick henchwoman, um, you know, she she's going out of her way trying to make kind of the, the pseudo cult leader. That's the other thing that I feel like we've seen a couple of cult leaders too. Like there's there's a lot of similarities that all these villains kind of uh share or like little overlap here and there uh but she's trying trying to make the dude uh, uh as happy as, as she can uh she she captures you know she goes out she tries to capture the kids she she pulls a gun on the kids right she's she's going she's going up to them she's like hey you know where's the thing and then she she reaches in she's like i got a gun kid <laughs> and the kid's like okay well i got a schnauzer and then the the dog barks at her and she runs away, even though she has a gun. I mean, yeah, just <laughs> they just have a dog. Blast the dog, and then like blast the kid, <laughs> or or just you know take uh, him or whatever. Maybe yeah, she just didn't have it in her. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, wait, what? How how does that how does that work? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're obviously not scared about murdering people. I mean, what what's the difference between you know blowing up a, a, a journalist's car and and killing a schnauzer? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was the is too too small, and it was a small gun. She only had like maybe four or five shots in there, and then it, she didn't want to miss it. Now the dog was only like two feet in front of her, but you never know. Well, she didn't want to draw extra attention, I guess. Like you know, popping off a firearm in the middle of Central City. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I'll, uh, I'll, so I'll give her that. She's wanted for murder. She's wanted for drug dealing. Yeah, she's wanted for murder, wanted for drug dealing. She's also wanted for another thing, and that's like you know, uh, assault. Child assault, sexual assault. She went up to the kid and she said, "You know, ready to get turned on, Junior." Which I thought was an odd thing to say to a kid. <laughs> I, I don't remember the exact line, but I, 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 I took it as a drug reference. Like, you know, you ready to get high? It was definitely a drug reference, but it was just an, yeah, it was just an odd like, like that. You you could have gone with a different drug reference. You know what I mean? Like, what was up with that? Yeah, it seemed weird to me. Yeah, was, yeah. I mean, in the context, it was kind of weird, but I didn't pick up on it until you mentioned it. Right. So. The other dude, the guy that was like, hey, don't touch the car. Um, you know, when Flash catches him, he literally ties him up with his tie. I love that he uh, he also just absolutely dismantled his car, too. Like the going for the, just the, the heart. <laughs> that was that's what happens, man. You know, like I, he should have he should have been like yelling at it, like, see this. See what happens. That's what happens when you fight a stranger in the Alps. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? What was it? Just just fight fighting strangers in the Alps, man. That's that's what that's. <laughs> Do you see what happens? <laughs> Nobody's gonna get that reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what was the uh, drug dealer like? The 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 uh, mafia like drug dealer guy's name? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. He he, uh, he was he. Mm, it wasn't Beauregard Lesko. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Beauregard Lesko is a name that sticks with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll like just use Sullivan, Larry. Right? Maybe. Do you see Larry? This Larry. is what happens when you fight a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> You kill my car. Now I kill you. Uh. <laughs> Ooh, I halfway, yeah. Yes. I, yes, I, yes. I halfway expect, like, how funny would it have been if, you know, 
Barry dismantles the car, and then, and then a guy runs out of there and goes, "You killed my car!" And he like realizes it was the wrong car, and then the the circle would be complete. It would be all the way complete and be great. Um, we actually do get introduced. I so I I feel like I've just kind of like poked fun at like all the things, but the reality is it's it's a sweet episode, and it's nice to see Barry kind of again switching into that that role of kind of fatherhood. But there's also a concept that I feel like is teased here. And is actually a really fascinating concept that I, I feel would have been more interesting. And that is what happens when the flash is on drugs. Yeah. they. And I'm not talking about any specific kind of drugs. I'm talking about that after school special. All drugs are super evil and make you do crazy things kind of drugs, drugs. So basically this drug that was the, the you know, blue paradise drug. Right. It was certainly an after school special drug because you do it once you're completely addicted. And if you don't have it again, you die. Right. <laughs> Which there there is not a single drug in existence <laughs> that that will that will literally addict you after one dose and then kill you if you don't have it after that one dose. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. I mean, it's a bad business model. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Right. It's a terrible. It's a terrible business model. Like, <laughs> you know, what if what if you know, like the, the way he was going to disperse it with helicopters all over Central City and people like inhale it, then all of a sudden they just feel terrible and they go rage. They don't know why. They don't like. They just know right. they just tripped really hard. Is he is he leafletting with this? <laughs> are they are they are they spraying it over the crowd and then dropping little leaflets to say you know with like a little smiley face that says like you know call Samson yeah <laughs> little business cards everywhere just just yeah like when they when they wake up from uh, from the high um, no I mean if anything man I feel like this episode taught us a lesson that's don't do drugs because if you do drugs then you'll be able to run through walls and play a wicked you know rock rock solo or guitar solo which is what happened with Barry which was amazing yeah. actually yeah like at first after I saw the effects that when uh, when Lesko did it I was like man I kind of want to do this drug and then I saw the people like die immediately after it and I was like eh, maybe not then I saw the flash uh, go through a wall and like shred on guitar and I was like I definitely want to do this drug now <laughs> you gotta get that extra speed force mixed in and uh, that'll that'll do it right there yeah um yeah, don't do drugs, kids. But but if you're the Flash, then apparently it'll help you beat the bad guys. He did. I mean, this was another thing that made me think of Smallville. A lot of times on that show, whenever Clark was getting a new ability or figuring out a way to use his powers in a different way, it was from some kind of like outside, uh, uh like thing. Like for example, his he. Uh, oh, let me think. All right. So when he learns that he has super hearing, it's after he goes temporarily blind because like his heat vision is reflected off of kryptonite right back into his eyes. I love Smallville. I miss that show. Uh, and, <laughs> and it makes him and so he can't see. And so suddenly his super hearing kind of kicks in. This kind of reminded me of that. Like the flash gets high and runs through a wall because why on earth would he would he think he could run through a wall unless he was high? I don't think he intended to run through the wall. I think he was kind of backing up through it and he was like, whoa, cool, dude. Am I like tripping right now? Or am I like going through this wall? Right. Man, right. it's like a metaphor for like life, man. Everybody exactly. vibrates. And exactly. if you vibrate like the vibe, hard man. enough, yeah. you can just glide right through your problems, man. Just vibe. That's all you got to do, bro. Just vibe. Yeah, but then it, <laughs> you got to remember it takes that hard turn to like, let me get that rocket tower. well i think he had burned it out of his system at that point that's what he said i don't know man i feel like he was shredding on the right like the guitar because he was still on something because then he's like oh i think it's out of my system then he was like whoa like he gave kind of a bill and ted type moment uh yeah he uh he got up there because and and we know this the one things that kippy can't stand is heavy metal which is i mean 
Has no one listened to Jimi Hendrix? Like, come on. <laughs> I, well, I, I don't know. The South Park taught me if you don't need to disperse hippies, you just play heavy metal. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, and so, yes, he plays the guitar and plays it so hard uh, that it knocks them all out. And um, and that is about the most common. Like, this felt like a after-school special, like, like free on comic book day comic about the Flash versus drugs. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's all the stuff that kids think are cool and and rad and look at this kid and he's streetwise and he's he's talking to the adults using bad words and everything else and and he's stealing stuff but oh man he's 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 friends with the flash and he gets to go on a skateboard super fast and go with the flash and then the flash plays the rock metal guitar and man i'm never doing drugs well yeah it's one of those things like even the streetwise kid who's like super cool and all the kids want to be this kid after they watch it even he didn't do drugs right so see kids like yeah you can still be cool and not do drugs just yeah. like this guy yeah, parents don't like that kid either, but but you but, but <laughs> yeah. still didn't So basically run away and become a street urchin, but just don't do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> the kids became kind of a, a therapy dog for uh, for Joan, which I thought was again a, an interesting choice. Um but fine. But fine. Yeah. I guess she has enough pets at work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just lost my husband, so I'm going to uh, you know, get through it by adopting children. Yeah. Which I is mean, like, one, sure, why not? I mean, she always wanted kids. That's that's one thing they said. Is like, you know, she always wanted kids, and then they decided not to do it or something like that, right? Right. Now, I did think it was odd that at the end, I mean, like, we all saw it coming from a mile away that she was going to, you know, adopt the kids. It was, uh, you know, they, they set those dominoes up real, real nice. But then Terry says, like, if I ever have to wash a cat again, I'm going to kill somebody. And they all laugh. And I'm like, is he going to kill Joan? <laughs> why are we why do we think this is funny joan's gonna make him do that again is he gonna kill her that's not okay yeah like you know the <laughs> the like satire of this episode would be him saying i'm not laughing like, all right this isn't a joke like i will literally kill somebody and they keep they keep laughing and he's like screaming you. at them going i will kill someone and the credits just roll while they're just laughing at him saying how he's actually going to murder someone and then just right. ignoring him yeah yeah that that's basically how it, how it wound up um <laughs> yeah uh, before we jump into the flashbacks, man, any other thoughts on this episode? Um, uh, yet again, another scene where uh, Barry has to do uh, an extremely strenuous task at regular speed so that they can speed it up. He he pulled off every single piece of that car. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. We we really okay. I know we keep saying this every episode. We've got to message John Wesley Ship and ask him if he had to do every single one of those things. Yeah, or like it's a full body suit in that instance. Like literally anybody could technically have done that. And it's sped up. It and is they, also yeah. There's there's no fitting. Yeah, there's no face. Well, but there, there's no face close ups when he's doing it. And, you know, like you said, it's a full body suit. But yes, I would be very very curious to know if John Wesley Ship actually did all of those things. Yeah, or if it was somebody else. I bet they made him do it. Well, anyway, we're, we are before we get to the the final episode, we will get to the bottom of that. But for now, let's get to the bottom of this. It's time for some flashbacks. Flashbacks. All right, man. Um, so you know, I feel like we've kind of been starving for flashbacks in in many of these episodes. But uh, for the first time, I, I feel like we actually got some some not not to say some deep cuts per se, but at least some references and that sort of thing. We do actually get to see a double feature Batman and Superman in the movie theater. In fact, they actually do have the Batman, uh, the uh, Tim Burton Batman poster in the background at one point. So yeah, I, I, what, what do we make of this? Well, you know, the multiverse, right? So um, the Batman, which is weird though, because the, the Earth 90 
it's part of the multiverse. It's part of the same Earths that Tim Burton's Batman, like Tim Burton's Batman, or that was Batman. Oh, ba- that, oh. That, that was yeah. like Earth Earth eighty nine or whatever, right? So yeah. the events that happened on Earth eighty nine, there must have been some sort of cross dimensionality or something like that going on because in Earth ninety, Tim Burton wrote the Batman movie, and it's the exact things that happened in Earth eighty nine. Dude, I didn't even put that together until you just did that. No, you're exactly right. But it's kind of like, um, I believe, Earth 2 in the Golden Age, or Silver Age, rather, um, the notion was that Jay Garrick was a comic book character, but they, the comic book was inspired by the writer who was in, like, you know, kind of his mind was in sync with Earth 2 or something of that nature. Like, they, they had to sci-fi that up a little bit as they, as they did in the Silver Age. Well, yeah, wasn't there a Wells that would travel across different worlds and, like, take story ideas and uh, take them back and write them? Like, like actual events that happened um, on some Earth, he would write that down as a story and sell it on his Earth? Yeah, I mean, and that's a possibility, too. But And it's also possible that it's a completely different movie. It might just have a very similar marketing to the marketing that we had in, in our world. Yeah, the, just the, the identical logo from Tim Burton's 1989 Batman film just happens to be actually about... Um, uh, you know, Roy Batman, a man who was bitten by a radioactive bat and decided to prowl the streets of Gotham and <laughs> fight various criminals like the Mystery Man and the Carnival Act and Three Face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, that sounds amazing. Yes, that's that's likely exactly what was going on in the movies. I mean. You know, I guess we never got a confirmation of the connection with the Donner Superman per se, but we also never got a confirmation that that was the Superman movie that was playing here. Um, I love the fact that we got it, though. I like I liked that it was a, a notion that either, you know, the Flash exists in a world where Batman and Superman are kind of film characters or that we actually have a film franchise around other superheroes that may exist in this world. Yeah. I, I tend to lend lean towards the former just because nobody believes in the flash. And I feel like if Batman and Superman were like things that were so popular that movies were being made about them, uh, then, then the flash is not as far fetched as he seems to be to everybody. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I feel like people would be like, Oh, it's a new superhero in town. Instead of being like, my eyes are playing tricks on me. There's this red flash guy. Ah, it's crazy. You know? Um, but they, they did have a mention to, uh, to Gotham, at least indirectly in the, what was it? The Arkham, uh, expose or something like that. Yes, 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 yes. So Joan's husband apparently had a, uh, expose that he did on Arkham. So Arkham definitely exists in this universe, um, which is so very interesting. I mean, like, this is what we saw in this like pre multiverse, pre crossover type of time period where there was like these weird nods to actual other DC yet not necessarily connected places and people, but not like full on. Um, so it's interesting that, uh, that that was the case. We also got, then this is kind of a, a fun, like this is a little bit of an Easter egg that requires a little digging the hippie informant that was like, you know, calls up the bad dudes at one point uh, is named a West. Really? Which I, I feel is an obvious nod to Adam West, who was, of course, Batman in, in 66. I, I wonder, like, if, if he chose to credit himself as A. West as a joke, since this was a DC property, um, or if his name is, like, Andrew West. <laughs> <laughs> I have a theory. 
I have a theory that that character was actually supposed to originally be played by Adam West and then Adam West didn't didn't show. Because like if you look at it, it's a weird character. It seems like it would be like a cameo for somebody. The guy that plays him looks he doesn't necessarily look like a young Adam West, but he also has kind of the build of a young Adam West. Now not 90s era Adam West, but I don't know. I'm just saying that I have a feeling that Adam West uh, stood him up and that originally he was going to be the informant. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Because yeah, all these other, all these other DC drops in this episode, that would be the place to do it. Exactly. It's all there. Now you found something about the Rocketeer. Yeah. So Danny Bilson, the guy who uh, directed this episode, um, who was, he's also done a lot more stuff with the show, uh, the nineties flash in general. He was, uh, he, you know, he, I think he wrote this episode. I think that this, uh, well, he was not credited as it, but, uh, um, he also wrote the Rocketeer, um, and he has written oh. multiple issues of the Flash comic. Which, oh no, that's interesting. I didn't. Yeah, I thought that. that was pretty neat. Um, huh? Is he a like in classic era? Or uh, I don't know. Era? Um, I tried to get more information <laughs> on uh, like what comics he's written, but um. Let's see here. And then you said that uh, Mark Dacascos, Dacascos, uh, yeah, Dacascos was one of the yeah. He was cops. Who's Mark Dacascos? Oh come on, you don't know who Mark De- like Mark Dacascos is another guy who's been in everything. Uh, you might have re- seen him most recently as the chairman for the American Iron uh, Iron Chef. Oh yeah, I don't watch that. Okay, well there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. So so he was in this one. He he's been in a lot of '90s stuff too. It's like he's a martial arts expert, and so you know pretty much any time they needed a uh, like an Asian American to play uh, a martial artist, he would get the role. And you know he's good in that stuff. Like he's uh, I, I like his work. I think he's I think he's awesome. Um, I follow his career with uh, much um, with great interest. Yes, yes. All right. All right. Well, very good enough. Well, there you go. All right, wait. So, did you find anything on uh, Danny Bilson's uh, his Flash? Yeah, issues? I'm looking. Uh, let's see here. Oh, let's see. He co-wrote f- the Flash, Fastest Man Alive. Um, ah, so okay. this was a comic book series. Oh, I mean, this is like this is like the ongoing. I don't know which episodes he wrote of it, but you mean issues or issues? Yeah, uh, episodes. <laughs> so that's that's early two thousands, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, no, this one goes on for, uh, it has the volume. Let's see here. It started in February, uh, 1959. Um, that was volume one to October, 1985. So that was like a, you know, almost a 30 year run there. Um, and then it starts back up in June, 1987 to March, 2006 and October, 2007. Wait, but he wasn't writing all throughout. No, 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 no. He, um, that's what I'm trying to figure. Like if I can find out what volumes he worked on um hmm so this may require some deeper digging. yeah he he co-wrote it with ac- uh, actor adam brody um is is what <gasps> adam brody yeah, adam brody uh that name definitely sounds familiar he played seth cohen on the 2003 television series the oc uh oh right thank right, you for right, smoking right, right, right. Yes, jennifer's yes, yes. body scream four Start up. Oh, Shazam! Shazam! He plays, he plays the adult um, 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 friend of uh, Billy Batson. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes. Shazam! Shazam! I'm just hoping that Mike puts in all the <laughs> <lightning> <laughs> effects. Oh, here all we go. Right. Um, good deal. Okay. 
Yeah, you found it. Oh no, that's that's the other one. Um, and he didn't find it. Okay, oh, we can't just like sit here and Google stuff on the podcast. We gotta, I know, we keep this thing I know, along. but it's fun to Google things. It is fun for 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 us because we get to learn things, and I guess we get to share. We things, can always edit it. But it's it not out. fun for people to listen to us Google. Uh, all right, well there you go. That was Child's Play uh, from uh, the uh, the retro uh, classic '90s series, The Flash. Uh, overall, you know, despite all of the nitpicky and just like poking fun at this episode as, as silly as it was. It also had some very, very tender moments and some really uh, great characters introduced. And um, yeah, you know what? I, I, I dig it. I really actually very much enjoyed it. It was probably one of the more enjoyable. I mean, all these episodes honestly have been very enjoyable. I don't think there's really been one that I haven't really liked. I mean, this is, this is the after school ep- episode. We've had flash versus the Hulk. We've had flash in a gangster movie. We've had, uh, you know, Flash versus Dick Tracy. We've and you know now we've got the Flash after school special here. Yeah, uh, and and you know I, I I we talked about how goofy it was and it was goofy, but I really enjoyed it. Like I thought it was a neat episode. It uh, we have the Flash exploring his powers in very interesting ways, <laughs> and um, it's it's starting to feel more comic booky. You know, uh, like this was the most I think out of the. I mean, the Hulk monster episode was kind of like out there. But um, this one was also a very out there character. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's it's starting to kind of feel more comic booky, which I'm liking. I, I think that's going to be hopefully a trend they keep up in yeah, these no, future episodes. I mean, like, because that's, I mean, that's, they have to because we have the trickster I, coming that's, up. That's, that's kind of the good. one that I'm looking forward so. to the most. Uh, I mean, like this, it's all been great. There's that one. And I know at some point we get a blue flash that's not like the comic, obviously, because it predates the comic book version of the Flash. <laughs> But it has some sort of like Flash v. Flash, kind of reverse Flash-esque notes. I don't know. I don't really know a whole lot about it, but I know it's been referenced several times. People have written in and, and referenced those two episodes of the series um, many, many times. And so I really want to I'm, – I'm looking forward to those. Uh, but all of this is great. I think, you know, if, if nothing else, it's just – man, John Wesley Shipp, man, the acting chops of this dude. To be able to sell the goofy and the serious and the kind of the tender and the emotional, like, he's, he's, he's a fantastic actor. He's a national treasure. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, we want to hear y'all's thoughts on Child's Play and, of course, the uh, retro series as a whole. Um, what do you, what, you know, what are y'all most looking forward to out of this series, or what are you kind of hoping for that we may see? Uh, I'm starting. You know, we went into this, and I thought we might end up seeing a lot of groundwork for, you know, uh, nods to things that we recognized in in the you know modern era Grant Gustin Flash, but uh, we're not seeing that. But we are starting to uncover some other kind of flash facts along the way. So, if you happen to catch any of the uh, the Easter eggs and that sort of thing that we missed by all means share that with us and uh hey by the way if you want to keep up with us throughout the week you can follow us on twitter at flash tv talk or you can follow bell at ring that bell or me at the real bow york but if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show feel free to email us at flash at potestery.com that's p-o-d-a-s-t-e-r-y.com and for the latest news and daily discussions on all things flash be sure to like our facebook page at facebook.com slash flash tv talk and as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides music for our podcast. You can listen to the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. Remember TV? That was a thing. And there's TV Talk Podcast, also a thing that was and is. And if you want to find out more, go to tvtalk.fm, the home of this and other shows. Uh, and that's going to do it for us for this week. But don't worry, we'll be back in a flash. Flash.